Ooh, it looks like we're live. Boom. Hey, how are you doing out there, entrepreneurs? Welcome. You are tuned in to the Non-Corporate Network. My name is Chaz Vandemotter. Dustin Trout. And you are tuned in to the show that the New York Times is calling the best news show ever created. It's high, high praise from an institution like that, Dustin. I'm pretty flattered that they came out and put that on the front page of their website. It, it blew my mind. It's humbling. It's humbling. Do you want to tell them a little bit about the format for, uh, for what we're doing here on uh, Entrepreneurs? Yep, Entrepreneurs. So we take six of the top uh, business headlines that have happened in the last day or two, um, and we simply debate them for three minutes apiece. Uh, Chaz gives his take. I give my take. Um, usually the better take, I, but... Uh, I, yeah, you're right. I'm usually the better take. <laughs> That's what you're saying, right? But yeah, the whole goal is to, uh, to deliver... Um, top business news in the modern day way. So you don't have to tune in to CNBC at 7 a.m. to uh, stay up to date on the news. We go live, we push them out onto our, our Facebook page, on YouTube and, and everything like that. So you can kind of consume whenever you want, uh, make yep. it convenient for you. This is content by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. And you know, in a time where people are wondering what kind of news outlet to turn to, who they can believe, what things are relevant to them, if you are a small business owner and you're looking for a source of uh, unfiltered, unbiased news, then you found us. Congratulations. Here we are. We're excited to be with you on this Monday morning getting started. Uh, and with that, uh, I think we're about ready to, to jump into the first story. What do you think, Dustin? Yeah, let's dive right in on this glorious let's Monday morning. Me, let's make it happen. Okay, so... Uh, Facial recognition is a, a big uh, point of debate um, right now with everything that's going on. The ACLU actually just sued a company called Clearview AI uh, that um, has been data mining over 3 billion pictures of faces from across the internet. Um, over 45 different companies boast that they have very robust facial recognition databases. And obviously, this is kind of a, a threat. Uh, in terms of data security and privacy, um, we know that facial recognition is now something that's not only unlocking your device, but unlocking your bank accounts, unlocking very sensitive information. And, uh, you know, when all of those databases of facial recognition software is, it is in the hands of companies, then, and there's no laws or regulations really around what you can be doing with that, um, you know. Obviously, it can be a threat. What, what are your thoughts on, um, on on this story, and where do you think uh, we need to go with facial recognition in order to avoid having like another Cambridge Analytica? Yeah, so I mean, in terms of just overall facial recognition, I mean, I absolutely love it. It's I didn't think it'd be that big of a deal whenever it went from the thumbprint to facial recognition, but I mean, le less friction. Just hold the phone up, boom. I I'm into whatever apps yeah. I need, whatever it may be. On the other end, the building up databases, I mean, if you don't have the consent of the consumer, that's where I think, uh, you know, companies might be in the wrong. I think, I mean, we've been discussing it quite a bit. Is it right? Is it not right to be building, you know, a data pool on people? I think, you know, right. I'm always for the, well, you sign the terms and conditions, but it sounds like they're building databases even outside of terms and conditions and just kind of doing it. I mean, you could easily set up a, a camera outside or whatever it may be and just start building a database of pictures. Um, I mean, I, I, I think it, 
it's good for efficiency. I don't know what it looks like on the security side, whether, you know, facial recognition is more secure than a thumbprint. Um, but I mean, as long as the, the security is still there, you know, I think it's, it's just more regulation that I think needs to happen and, and a conversation, not just around facial yeah. recognition, but just how data is collected, used, uh, more transparency for the consumer. Um, I mean, for right now, we're not there. So I'm all for, hey, you signed up for the terms and conditions. So right. uh, we're collecting. But what are your thoughts? I mean, you know, the the there's a lot of different uh, police uh, organizations that have access to robust networks of facial recognition as well. Obviously, you know, I'm sure they've digitized things like mugshots into uh, digital databases. And so I know that, uh, you know, there was an issue in Hong Kong with protesters where uh, their public uh, public cameras that were set up were actually grabbing facial recognition data and tracking the people that were showing up to protest. Just just odd, like anybody that showed up and, and their face was scanned. And so I think that you know, that's when we start to get into this kind of post-apocalyptic, dicey, really futuristic society that I don't really think anybody wants to be living in, um, in fear of showing their face when they're doing something. And so, you know, having cameras just set up all over the place to track our every move, uh, I, I think that, you know, there's always going to be the argument that can be made, oh, this is safer, oh, we're going to um, stop uh, crime or, or we're going to stop somebody from... Uh, you know, being able to steal a car, but it's like, I, I, I look at that and I think there's just as many risks to our freedom and, you know, our, our rights as Americans. And so, you know, my thought is always data has been weaponized over and over again. Like I said, Cambridge Analytica, taking Facebook data, the things that we like, the things that um, were, uh, that can kind of push us and, and change our opinions are taken and then creatively used, uh, to, to essentially sway elections. And so what kind of things can you do if you have access to facial recognition? I'm sure that, uh, you know, if you can get into people's bank accounts, access their personal records, like there's just threats. And I, I, I can't say that I'm, I'm super, uh, trustworthy of large corporations that have billions of, of, um, faces on, on file. Well said. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think that, uh, it, again, it just needs to be some rules that are put into place. That's uh, we always wait until a precedent is set and something bad happens to make a decision about how we should police it. And it's like, I think that's backwards. You know, let's start with the legislation, and then um, it, it'll just bring more clarity to the businesses and what they're legally allowed to do. Absolutely. Is that time on yeah, that story? We're, we're, we're a few okay. minutes over on time, but uh, oh, gosh. All, all good okay. thoughts, Chaz. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't hear the timer go off. I was just getting so into it. Um, okay. Uh, the postal service is, uh, is, is struggling right now. I mean, uh, this is, seems like it's been something that's been talked about since, uh, early two thousands in terms of, uh, should the postal service go private? Is the government doing a good job of, uh, of, of using tax dollars to keep them alive and keep them relevant uh, obviously, you have companies like Amazon, UPS, FedEx that are all um, seem to be more efficient than the USPS. Uh, but one thing that was mentioned to me and I thought it was interesting is that a lot of people are going to be sending in their voting, uh, their ballots or absentee ballots via mail uh, with the election and everything that's going on, polls, sketchy with uh, coronavirus. Um, what are your thoughts in terms of having an entity like the USPS continue to stay active, especially when 
um, sensitive information like people's votes that they're casting are going to be going through that organization. I feel like they're the most unbiased of of the opportunities or the alternatives. Yeah, no, I hear it on all fronts. Um, I mean, anything the government touches seems to go bankrupt. Um, you know, they don't have really good uh, process whenever it comes to um, you know money and and being profitable. That's not their the name of the, their game. Um, but I think there's tons of opportunity for a private company to come in and kind of take over the USPS. I mean, you bring up great points on the mail-in ballots. Um, obviously, with the election coming in November, I think it would be way too big of a change to try and haul that off to someone in the private sector. But I think there's a lot right. of logistics, transparency, uh, you know, policy that can be created to make sure that nothing falls through the cracks. You know, I mean, brought it up last week, lobbying. I mean, it, I would hate to see a company go private, a lobbying company come in and then kind of dictate how things can can be sent. Um, yeah. mail, but I, I think that, I mean, it's just a big burden on taxpayers to continue to let the, the USPS be a thing. Uh, but I think there are right. a lot of things to think about before making that big move. Yeah. They're talking about eliminating, uh, over 200,000 positions. They actually have, uh, there was a, I don't understand why this was done, but I was reading that uh, they have this, they put this cash injection in where they've already fronted the retirement, uh, of up to 75 years in advance. People haven't even been born yet. They've already started their retirement funds. It's like, I don't know if uh, that seems kind of backwards compared to a normal organization. So, uh, I'm not, I'm not really sure what they're doing with the budget, but I think that, uh, yeah, you, you bring up a good point in terms of, changing things, trying to fix it before the election is going to be kind of dicey, but something needs to change um, because it seems like they've been on the rocks for for years. I mean, since 2005, this has been a conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I don't know what the exact details are, but it's, they give a huge discount to Amazon. I mean, obviously they ship quite a bit, but it's, uh, I mean, if you're coming in the private sector, I mean, there's no way you can get those rates. And so it's like, so why should Amazon get such a discount at the taxpayer's expense? Um, yeah, I think there's a lot, yeah. lot to be done um, for sure. Tax but. Amazon more and put it into the USPS. Why are <laughs> we not? Ask them for some help. Well, into our next story, uh, kind of sticking on the Amazon wave, Slack and Amazon have announced a partnership to compete with Microsoft Teams and Zoom. Uh, this is this is mind-boggling to me. I mean, these are four big, big players, especially in the B2B productivity space. And, um, you know, Amazon is obviously known more as an e-commerce play. And so, you know, I, the, the comparison may seem a little bit apples to oranges, but I, I look at Slack having a lot of the same things that um, Microsoft Teams does. And when you look at a comparison between Zoom and Amazon, you start to think, well, I'm sure that Amazon can come out with a product to compete with Zoom um, overnight. I mean, with AWS, they do so much. Um, I can't imagine that it wouldn't be a huge... I'm sure they've been working on this in the background, and that's why they're announcing this partnership. But yeah, what do you think about uh, micro, or what do you think about uh, Slack and Amazon teaming up? Do you think that's a good, a good strategy? What do you think is going to come of that? Yeah, I mean, Slack, in terms of uh, instant communication, that's text-based. I mean, they're definitely at the top of the game. Amazon yeah. top of the game and whatever they do. Um, but yeah. I mean, the competition they're going against, I mean, there, there isn't a whole lot of competition. I mean, this is almost like the major leagues versus, uh, uh, not even minor leagues, but, um, youth baseball type of stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, Slack is definitely killing it. 
Amazon, I, I think this is a huge uh, um, calling out to the world that they're about to enter the the B two B communication space, video conferencing space. So, right. I mean, I I think it's huge. It's as we've mentioned, work from home is going to continue to increase. It's not going to go back to where it was. So some type of suite that allows you to do video conferencing, instant chat. Um, I mean, Slack integrates with so many different apps that, I mean, it can right. communicate seamlessly. I mean, we use it for a project right. management tool. Anytime a task is done or commented on that's towards you, get a notification in Slack. I mean, they just, I think they're going to kill it. And I think it's just going to make the the workplace communication that much better. Uh, but I mean, what are your thoughts? I know that you're, you're big on on Amazon growing too big. I mean, do you think this is yeah. an Amazon company or should it be spun off as a whole <laughs> different company? Yeah, I, I that that's that's what I'm looking at it going, you know, how are we going to make the claim that that this is part of an e-commerce product? Like it's not at all video conferencing does not tie into buying a pair of socks online. I, I just don't understand. But what I will say is that Slack this is huge for them because Amazon will become their biggest client by far uh, through the course of this. Right now it's IBM. That is going to, you know, IBM is going to look like the minor leagues compared to Amazon being onboarded with hundreds of thousands of employees. So I think that for Slack, it is a catalyst of growth. And like I said, the integration is the name of the game in the B2B communication space. And I mean, Zoom has kind of fallen behind, in my opinion, in terms of integrations. Um, they seem to be a very siloed platform. So I think it'll be interesting to see just how powerful those integrations tie into the other business suites and um, being able to communicate seamlessly while also having your CRM or your dashboard or whatever it is, your nucleus as a business. Um, I, I, I'm definitely optimistic that this could be a great partnership, but again, doesn't seem like an Amazon company to me. Uh, I, I think that they should, this should be a spinoff. This should be a separate entity in their, um, in their portfolio. Cool. Yeah. Only, only time will tell. So we, we will see On to yeah. the next story. So corporate America struggles to figure out what to say or what not to say. I mean, with riots going on, black lives matter, police brutality, just standing up for police. I mean, there's so many different things going on that it's like, if you take a stance, 50% of the people are going to love you. 50% are going to hate you. Um, I mean, I, I've been hearing a lot in meetings. What do we stand for? What should we say? Should we not say? I think more than anything right now is, is a time to, instead of focus on what to say, what not to say, is go back to your core values. And who is it that you're serving? Yeah. And does your messaging align with your core values? I think from the biggest thing out of all this on the, on the corporate and business side is really what is it that you stand for as a company? Who are you trying to serve as a right. company? What value do you bring to the world as a company? And does that does that expand out into your messaging? I mean, what are your thoughts? Do you think companies should take a stand, should say something, or, or how should companies navigate this? Yeah, I mean, I think that with this whole social media society and everybody kind of wanting to um, throw shade on you if you don't say something and then microanalyze something that you do say, try to bring up and dig up all sorts of stuff that maybe was said years ago. I mean, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation. And um, like you said, I think that it has to go back to the values you have as an organization and the people that you're trying to serve. Uh, but, you know, I think that uh, with everything that's going on, the, the way that I kind of describe it is, your, your brand lives in the mind of your consumer in a very, very concise way. 
And, um, you know, it's not going to, they're not going to remember some three paragraph essay that you published. They're going to remember the actions that you back of what you stand for and really kind of what your mission and values is in a one to three words. And so, um, people have this kind of, um, feeling of what your brand stands for. And so I, I, I look at this and I go, you know, we're all going crazy with everything that's happened. You should be, your brand should have been being built this entire time and what it stands for. You shouldn't be having to make a stance right now. The things that you've done leading up to this point should be backing, you know, what we do from here. I don't think that brands need to take a 180 and completely shift what they stand for um, or, or the values that you had initially just weren't good enough. Um, so, you know, especially like I said, with social media kind of spinning everything and, um, instantly when you press post, it's going to be across the world and everyone's going to be having their own two cents on it. Um, you know, it's not as much about people pleasing as it is about, you should have aligned your business with your values from the get go. And there shouldn't really be a, a huge change here. I mean, like you can stand in support of these organizations, maybe make a donation and show your support. Uh, but I, I, I'm kind of disappointed in corporations that they're kind of trying to shuffle around to figure it out. Cause it's like, you should already, have, <laughs> you should you should already, know already be standing for these things. Yeah. Yep. No, well said. Um, I, I think you hit the, the nail on the head, figure out who you are. I mean, now it shouldn't be the time to figure it out. You should already know it. So if you're questioning now should be a time to take a step back and, and work on that brand identity a bit. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. On to our next yeah. story. So Friday, the Dow Jones closed at 829 in the positive. It's up like over 350 points right now. I mean, things just keep going up and seems to look more like a V shaped recovery. Um, all while there are, uh, increases in, uh, COVID cases. I know I saw Arizona had like a three day high, um, I can't remember what hospital they just announced that they're close to capacity in the ICU. Um, obviously riots yeah. are still happening. So, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on the way that the market is going compared to how <laughs> real life is going? Is there a disconnect or do you think the yeah. stock market is looking past all this and knows that all this might only be a couple of weeks? I mean, what are your thoughts? I'm hoping that there's not a bubble that's being built right now that isn't sustainable. I mean, you know, we talked about this in the last story. It's like, great, there's 2.5 million jobs compared to what we thought was going to be worse. But there's 40 million people that got that were unemployed. And, and we've printed trillions of dollars. So we've devalued our currency that we're now inflating through the stock market. It's just like, I think that um, it's just, it, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me how well thing how much things are rising in the speculative speculative uh, kind of environment that the stock market um, permutates is is something that I think is a risk you know I think that uh, yeah 2.5 million jobs came back great I look at this and I see that um, you know one in three teens are still unemployed the youth is unemployed uh, you know and then I also think the disproportionate jobless rate between African Americans and whites, you know, 12.4% of white people are unemployed, or almost 17% of uh, African Americans are unemployed. I think there's still so much work to be done. And like you mentioned, the protests are causing more outbreaks of coronavirus, hmm. which is stopping businesses from staying open. It's making more people shut down. I mean, it, it just blows my mind that we're not focused more on small businesses. We're just looking at the Dow Jones and going, 
great. The top hundred companies are doing awesome. Um, but 30% of small businesses are closing their doors. And I think that's a much bigger problem than let's keep pumping up the Dow Jones. I mean, before long, there's not going to, there's going to be such a barrier to entry to start a business because of the lack of capital, um, and the lack of funds available that it's just, it's going to be a mess. Yeah. And like we talked about, you know, Friday of last week that there are people saying this is the biggest, uh, time for, um, the wealth gap or, or generational wealth, you know, being redistributed 100%. where you have sure the top 500 companies are killing it, which is, you know, causing the, the Dow Jones to increase, but there's a lot of small business that are failing, which makes us wonder, are there only going to be, you know, five stores to shop at, shop at after right. this rather than having, you know, quite a right. bit? Well then, uh, um, you know, the monopolies start to rise. Will there just be, you know, less competition, which is right. never good for the consumer. Uh, I mean, one thing that I saw this morning is a number to look at is the P&E price per earnings uh, continues to go up, um, which hmm. looks like, you know, the dot-com bubble um, many years back. But I mean, it's yeah. uh, where we saw huge, huge increases, but, uh, you know, it wasn't backed by earnings. And at the end of the day, that's that's yeah. how the stock market should work. And we just haven't seen earnings correlate at the rate that the stocks keep going up. So only time will tell. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Awesome. On to our next one, uh, Active Campaign. So it's it's uh, they're more of an email service, kind of like Mailchimp, but they've launched a new app that allows you to uh, uh, do everything on your phone. Essentially, you can create email campaigns. Um, they do have a CRM type of uh, service, so you can check in on your leads, your contacts, um, everything with on an on an app. They do uh, live chat onto websites. Basically, they're trying to create on-demand communication that lives all on your phone their goal is to make hmm. getting work done more accessible on your phone so that way you're not tied to a desk a desktop whatever it may be um, but that you can go out and actually do stuff and still be able to be productive and get stuff hmm. done on the phone um, i mean what are your thoughts do you think we'll continue down this route and pretty soon we'll have no offices no desktops and yeah. everything will be done mobily um, well, you know, there's, there's three types of software out there. You have your tools, you have your apps, you have your platforms tools, I think are something that can exist on mobile or on desktop. An app is something that's more mobile, uh, in a platform is something that's more desktop oriented. And so I think that the shift of even creating apps, I mean, that, that started to become a thing, you know, 2012, 2013 started to catch a lot of traction. And so We've been seeing this shift over the last seven or eight years to mobile, um, but I'm not convinced that you know all softwares are something that you want to use on your desktop. My personal feeling is that I think that these platforms, we talk about your CRMs, your email cadence creators and things like that um, are something that you almost, I almost look at as I'd rather transition into maybe a headset or something where I still have this kind of malleable feel where I'm not kind of limited to just my phone um, you know, that definitely is going to decrease some of the, uh, what you can do on your phone compared to desktop. But I do agree that in certain instances, I mean, we talk about like just responding to emails and things is becoming more and more, uh, mobile friendly, more and more prevalent on mobile. And so I think there is going to continue to be a shift to mobile, but I'm not convinced that some of the is more advanced platforms can make that shift. It just doesn't seem comfortable to me to try to 
navigate very complex softwares using my mobile device. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen all the the Zoom memes and uh, commercials, people trying to get on and and whatnot. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a huge step to get people more digitized, but I think that's a bit uh, too far in the advance. I mean, there's yeah. like I mentioned, there's something that that I read the other day where someone um, with the evolution of apps, there's a handful of things that they can get done while doing an, an hour walk in the woods that they had to do in the office. And so I think we're we're getting to the point where it's it is more mobile. I mean. To be able to go out for an hour and you time yep. block maybe an hour a day where all you do is respond to emails and uh, in that hour you can go and walk, go to the gym, whatever yep. it may be on a treadmill. Um, but I think I think we are going to get to a point to where it is you're going to be able to get more done on your phone. Right. I mean, I loved whenever the Google Analytics and Google Ads uh, mobile app came out. I mean, granted, you can't do much with them other than look at the data, but still it's uh, it's awesome. That's half the battle. That's half the battle is being able to read the analytics. Yeah. So I think anything that's going to increase the tether from our desktop is going to be great for mental health. It's going to be great for our physical health. And um, I'm excited to, I'm rooting for them. Um, but yeah, I've definitely tempered in my expectations of what's possible on a mobile device compared to a desktop. Awesome. Sweet. Well, these have been some fun stories. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm fired up, especially to see that Slack uh, to Amazon, um, you know, collaboration. And uh, if you guys are looking to collaborate with other businesses, Avantage.com, it's a collaboration platform. So if you are trying to find an accountant, you're trying to find another small business that provides a service that is relevant to your business, Get it for get it on trade. If you don't want to use capital, especially now with everything that's happened, um, get it on trade. But thank you, Avantage, for sponsoring us. And if you guys sign up for Avantage, you get $150 free credit towards your first order. So definitely check them out if you're a small business owner. Great platform. Thousands of Phoenix businesses on there. So uh, yeah, and thank you guys for supporting us. Anything else you want to add, Dustin? No, appreciate you tuning in. If you have extra time, go to Advantage. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you tuning in and, and looking forward yeah, to Wednesday. Yeah. And if you guys want to start your own show on the non-corporate network, we are accepting inquiries. Check us out, ncnbroadcast.com. Um, if you want to become a sponsor, we also have some access for you there. So you can uh, submit uh, inquiry to us. But uh, yeah, we, we want to work with you. Uh, and if you're a small business owner, Again, thank you for tuning in. Send us in stories. If there's things that you want to hear us talk about, um, if there's interesting stories that come across your desk that you want to share with us, we are all ears. Um, we're fired up to be back here on Wednesday. And hey, this is fun, man. I, I appreciate it. But um, enough hearing from us. You guys got work to do. You got things to do. We know you're not sitting at the cubicle um, or standing by the water cooler. You're getting, you're getting work done. So we appreciate you being with us. And and supporting our mission. But again, you are tuned into the non-corporate network. You have been watching fill in the blank. Once again, my name is Chaz Vandemar. Entrepreneurs. And it's entrepreneurs, not fill in the blank. I've got this like, <laughs> this habit still. But it, it, entrepreneurs. The joys Thank of rebranding, right? Yeah, that, it, that's that's what it comes down to. Check us out on uh, Instagram, Facebook. I think uh, they're linked down there. So uh, take a look and uh yeah, let us know if you have feedback. We want to get in, involved and uh, get in touch with you. But thank you. On that note, see you Wednesday.